Josh Pollard. I'm Joe Dostasio. And this is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. This is the second episode of our Final Fantasy 15 series. Each week we play through a couple chapters of the game and get together to discuss. I'm playing the Pocket Edition on my phone, and Josh, you're playing the main version, the console or PC version as mm-hmm. we might call it later, on Xbox One. Correct. Xbox One X. Yeah, of course, for the super high quality <laughs> graphics. Right. For this episode, we're going to cover chapters two and three from the Pocket Edition. Now, hold on a second. Let me mm-hmm. explain this. Which matches up with chapters two through four in the main version. Right. So, for some reason, the main version, the content all matches up. The story matches up. The cutscenes all match up. For some reason, the console version or the main version is split into three chapters instead of two, like a pocket edition. So if you're playing the pocket edition, this is chapter two, the open world and chapter three, living legend. And on the main version, it's chapter two, no turning back. Chapter three, the open world. Chapter four, living legend. Right. So why don't we start with our overall thoughts on those two slash three chapters? I want to say that this pocket edition is is definitely the version for me. Mm hmm. But sometimes I think it's just a bit too streamlined. I'm starting to feel like I need more side quests. I need more people to talk to because mm. it just seems to be fast forwarding through tons of stuff. Each of these chapters are only like an hour, hour and a half. And I'm not totally engaged with the story yet. I feel like we're just we're just getting there. Like, I feel like we're just getting to some interesting things and it's just flying right by. And I'm not really sure if this is like the way to really play a Final Fantasy game. Right. But it, it's do it's great, though, for just getting the main story. So you've only played two or three hours total? Uh, hmm. So if I played through chapter three, then three, yeah, times one so, and a half, maybe. So maybe three to four-ish. Yeah. I've played 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, chapter three was large for me. So uh, yeah, I, I've got a very different uh, take on on how that's all going. And chapter three is where the side quest really opened up for me millions of side quests or at least it seemed became available in chapter three the open world for me so i don't know if the pocket edition is the right one for you i think you'd really get a kick out of the the console version but it is definitely the streamlined version for sure is it is it feeling like a slog or is it feeling like no no it's not we'll get into that later but in chapter three for me uh, we have to go to the waterfall place, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to kind of push through. I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in these side quests yet. So I'm just going to go straight to this waterfall thing and then got my butt handed to me <laughs> because I hadn't, I wasn't a high enough level, but it tells you that I just assumed, eh, the combat, it's not that hard. It is kind of hard when you're not a high enough level. So I did need to go and do some side quests and stuff. And some of them were interesting. Most of them weren't because they're side quest. But it didn't it didn't really feel like a slog. I mean, it was introducing me to more of the game's mechanics and and characters and exploring this gorgeous world. So, no, it, it hasn't felt like a slog yet. I haven't died yet in this game. Huh. I've only died a few times. And most of them were in that waterfall place that I had no business being. I, get hit, I mean, I get hit a lot. But mm-hmm. I just have so many potions and things that I just oh. hit hit the button, the little pause button, and here, have some drugs. Here, have some drugs. <laughs> Refill your health, and we're good to go. Uh, are you running out of money from all those potions? No, because uh, everything that I find, I pick up on the ground, is basically just material to be sold. 
Mm. And I just, and what's nice is I've, at one point I accumulated dozens of different types of items and each one, maybe I had five and some of them had maybe 20 of one particular item. And when you go to sell items to a, a vendor, you just hit sell all and it just takes care of the whole thing for mm-hmm. you. And in, and you just get tons of, tons of cash. Mm. I buy some weapons and then I still have a ton left over. See, my thing with games like this is that it doesn't specifically tell me for sure, like, don't sell this. Right, right. So I get nervous about yeah, selling things. So I have like all this junk in my inventory that I probably don't need. Some of it sounds like junk. And no money. And sp- some of it sounds like that. You sure that's not used for something right. else? Like, <laughs> am I going to use this to build up my stats or merge it with some kind of weapon and power it up or mm-hmm. something? But right. Every single time I read a description of an item, though, it's like, it can be used to, it can be sold for some money. And I'm like, okay, okay, you want me to sell it then? And I guess if that's the description, then that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And if I get a sell all button, to me, like, you wouldn't want to accidentally just sell off your most high powerful, you know, items and things. Right. And it's, it's in a separate screen from, say, potions and Mm -hmm. Phoenix Downs and all that. So. Right. Yeah. Don't sell those Phoenix Downs. Mm -hmm. Of course, maybe you could. Apparently you don't need them. (laughs) I love the music in this game. Final Fantasy music is music that's cherished by, you know, the video game community. I even like classical music. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy music just hasn't really done that much. What? I, I don't know why. It just doesn't. Are I you don't crazy? Know why. Probably. Even just going the show with you, aren't I? Even, even just going <laughs> through the menu. I just, I like that music. It's nice, but I don't love it. Man, I used to listen to... I mean, back before we had tons of streaming music and back when music was mostly still on CDs, you know, mm-hmm. I would listen to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. I'd burn it to a CD and I remember taking it on trips and listening to it on a CD player <laughs> with skip protection. How old are you? Old um, man. Old man. Old man with his Final Fantasy VII CD. <laughs> and eight. I really liked eight soundtrack as well. Okay. Well, let's, let's give a, a quick recap of where... We ended last. Before we get into chapter two, just a a quick reminder that when we last played and when we last discussed where we were, it was after Insomnia had fallen and we get our guys and head back to Insomnia to verify for ourselves that it had indeed been taken over. And we basically ended that standing on the cliff Mm -hmm. overlooking the city and seeing, yep, it's true. The city has been taken over. Uh, but the radios were reporting that Noctis was dead, and so was Luna Freya. Yeah, our bride, presumably. Our bride-to-be. Our bride-to-be. We haven't married her yet, so she's not our bride. Wait, our brides, your bride after you're married? I thought I, a bride was someone who was about to get married. Maybe she's only the bride during the actual wedding Wedding, ceremony. yeah, I think then you're the, here, because yeah. here comes the bride, right? Exactly. Yeah, but once you're married, you're not the bride So anymore. she's just a bride for like... An hour or so. But are you, maybe you're a bride, right? Like, where, where, when you get engaged, are you the bride then? I mean, not you. No, you're the bride-to-be. You're the bride-to-be, and then on the day of the wedding, you're a bride. Is it just the day, or is it just for, like, the time being of the, the ceremony and the reception? These are very important questions, and I hope <laughs> we find the answers to them. I don't think that we're going to learn the answers to that. Not in this game. In Final Fantasy XV. Okay, so, yeah, Chapter 2 is uh, the open world or no turning back, depending on what version you're playing. Uh, it starts up with the game telling us that, of course, again, reminding us that the Empire is powerful. Noctis needs to reclaim the crystal, and he's in search of the power of his forebears. Uh, quick question. What is the crystal? 
because it gets mentioned a few times throughout these chapters. And I could have swore at some point it was it was actually like the name of the capital. Like it's a place, not no. necessarily no, a, thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Is that but is that the same thing as the ring or is it a different thing? It's a different thing. Okay. What's the crystal? We haven't actually been told. Okay. This we was... don't know at this point. It's just keeps it just keeps getting referred to as this is like the thing that the bad guys want. Well, it is the thing that enables insomnia to be covered in that force field. Oh, okay. It it has it you given the king the magical power to do that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Well, we have a cutscene. We're back on the hill overlooking the city. Uh, Noctis talks to Kor on the phone. Reminder, Kor is the marshal of the crown's guard. And he confirms that the king is, in fact, dead. And Noctis is pretty upset during this whole during this whole scene. He's just really frustrated and upset about this news. We then go to another cutscene somewhere else. I don't know where it is, but we see Luna meeting up with Umbra, the dog, who has that notebook that we wrote in last chapter. Mm-hmm. Another woman shows up. The game tells us her name is Gentiana, but I don't I don't know anything else about her. I don't think we learned anything else about her. We also don't even know if we're pronouncing her name right. That's true. Because no one's actually said it in the game. Yeah. Luna holds out the ring of the Lushai, but I, I can't tell what's going on because uh, the graphics are so messed up in this game. Like, cause it's, it's this, it's the like cartoony version, mm-hmm. right? These are not realistic proportions, but she's got like these crazy alien three fingered <laughs> hands. And while she's holding out this ring, I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this cutscene. Can you please help me out? Her crazy fish hands or the <laughs> ring, right? <laughs> well, in my cutscene, she has very normal looking hands and there's just a big ugly ring in her hand. So she's just showing the ring. Like, is she wearing it? Is she putting it on or is she just holding it up in her palm? It seems like she was just holding it. Okay. Uh, there, there, I think there was supposed to be some sort of symbolism in it. I think you're just supposed to know that she has it. Okay. And that she has it, I guess, because she's due to be married to Nocta soon. This is the engagement ring or something. Yeah. Something important. It belongs to Noctis's family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we arrive back at Hammerhead Garage, where Cor said he'd meet us, but he isn't there anymore. But we do talk a bit to Sid again, and uh, he's, he's just talking with us. And it seems like he has had some prior relationship with the king. Like, he calls him by a different name. Yeah, he calls him Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> They're buddies. I don't know. Are they, are they around the same age? I'm, yeah, I'm curious. They're both older. They're both old guys. Like uh, you, with your Final Fantasy VII yeah. CD. <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious, maybe maybe they'll uh, expand on that in the future. Maybe Sid will come to the rescue. Maybe Sid is the king. Sid is not the king. Sid is the king. He's Sid been hiding out the in the garage as a mechanic. <laughs> he's, the, he's the real king. There's a cut scene with Sid, and everyone's kind of discussing that really it's, it's the bad guys have, have been after the crystal and the king's ring the whole time. Uh, and this whole peace offering thing is just nonsense. Sid suggests that, of course, the king would have seen this coming and had a plan, but apparently it just wasn't enough. Right. And part of that plan was getting Noctis to leave so that he didn't get killed in the invasion. Well, that w- that worked. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. did work. We head out to meet up with Kor, but stop at Prairie Outpost, which is a hub for hunters. Remind me again what hunters are? It's basically just a, a group of people who do, like, they make their lives doing hunting tasks. What, are people. they like bounty hunters or something? Uh, it seems like a lot of it is more 
monster hunting because there's a lot of big monsters in the world monster hunter is a different game it is a different game but in this game there are many side quests where they put up bounties for taking out big monsters and when you go to do things like that the npcs will be like oh you're a hunter right and you're like oh yeah totes i'm totally a hunter (laughs) i'm not the prince i mean king (laughs) okay we meet monica is this the first time we've seen monica i don't remember Yes. Monica, who, I don't know, works with the, with the crowns guard. She's, she's with core in some way. I just thought it was interesting that she says that during the evacuation of the city, that most of the crowns guard didn't make it. And which makes me wonder how is core always surviving these crazy things? Like, is there something magical going on with him? Is he immortal or, or are, are we supposed to think that he's just that good or just that lucky? Or do you think that maybe there's something more going on here? There's got to be something more going on. There that, has to. Is that going to be a twist or something? Maybe he's the king. Core's the king. <laughs> he's got the power. That's not it either. We finally meet up with Core at the Tomb of the Wise. There's a little cutscene because this is the first time we get a royal arm. And he's like, hey, by the way, did you know that the power of the kings is passed on from one king to the next by bonding with these souls? Yeah. And, and here's one right here, right here. And it's your duty to claim these powers. This seems like it would be like well known to the characters. You would think. But it, the characters, and I realize that we're just being introduced to all this. So for our sake as players, it needs to be explained. But it sounds like maybe they don't even realize that this is a thing. You know, maybe I, I think I could believe that because can anybody bond with these souls? Because if so, and some of these tombs are known where they are, then anybody could just wander in there. Right. I mean, you wouldn't think that just anybody could do it, but. And and if it's being passed from king to king, then can anybody just like you're saying, can anybody just go in and do it any time? Or does it require the previous person who has these powers to die to somehow release these powers to make them available? Mm. Could be, but I doubt it. We don't even know if the king's actually dead. He's probably. Core said he's dead and I trust Core because he's not mysterious in any way. No, he's very straightforward. Not at all. During this cutscene, Noct is not, he isn't exactly happy with all this, especially with his father's previous decisions. He's, he's asking, why didn't he save the kingdom? And if, if the king intended me, Noct, to be the protector, why didn't he say anything? You know, he's sort of like, why, why didn't he prepare me for any of this? Mm-hmm. Why did he lead me to believe that this is what's happening? Things are going to be okay. I'm going to go get a wife and, and peace throughout the kingdom. But he knows that's not going to be the case. And why didn't he do anything to help me, prepare me for this? Well, and when when I watched this cutscene, I, I think the bigger thing that I took away from it is that he's he's feeling some guilt about how his dad basically chose to do everything in his power to protect Noctis and not the people of the city. I mean, lots of innocent people have died sure, here. Sure, yeah. And... He's really upset by that, which is a, a good thing for a king to feel yeah, yeah, about that is, that's, the people yeah, of his kingdom. That's a good start. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, Noct gets the first power, or they call him Royal Arms, and this one is called the Sword of the Wise. It's a sword. Big it's one. A, it's a glowy sword. Uh, for me, it just adds another button on my screen and when battle, and when I push it, then I temporarily have that weapon that I can use, and it's stronger and faster and whatever and it has a meter and when the meter runs out i can't use it anymore and i have to uh i i have to just it builds up over time i don't know if it builds up as i'm killing enemies or fighting Mm. enemies 
Uh, but eventually the meter will build up again. It's a, it's like a circle meter that goes around the button and uh, then I can use it again. And I learned after I got more of the Royal arms that I can only have one equipped at a time. And so I can decide, do I want to use the ax, the sword or whatever? And they each behave a little differently. And they, I think they each have their own, I don't know, special ability that comes with it. Some special stat or, you know, I'm not sure. Interesting. So how how do they work for you then? That kind of makes me wonder if I'm missing something here because they basically just show up as another category of weapons that I could equip. And I can equip four, we'll say weapons, but that also includes spells mm-hmm. at any one time. And at any point during combat, I can just switch which weapons, which weapon I'm using. And the these types of weapons are more powerful and they definitely have other stat buffs and stuff like that increasing my magical abilities and things like that but they don't really seem that different like this sword is was when i got it the strongest sword that i had but it was also really slow to swing Hmm. so i didn't really find myself using it all that often because it's like (laughs) and in the meantime i'm getting hit by you know all of these other really fast creatures oh that's interesting because you already have a bunch of different weapon types. You've got your sword and like a spear kind of thing, mm-hmm. javelin. Right. Um, you've got a big heavy sword that right. it's like a two handed, much harder to, yeah, big to swing. Yep. So it feels like it's just beyond that even that right. it's even longer and harder to swing. So mm-hmm. you just, you keep getting stronger, but slower. And so, it, yeah, it sounds like it's just another category. And, but that, that certainly doesn't seem like my playing style and I wouldn't want to use that mm-hmm. as my primary weapon. But so it's very different than on the pocket edition. It's more like a, like an ultimate, like yeah. an ultimate power in like right. Overwatch or a MOBA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Core says there are 13 of these royal arms that they know about, but they only know the location of a few. He's hired hunters to find the rest. So how long do these people live? Are we, are we thinking that they live normal? Why doesn't anybody else know about all the locations? Because presumably <laughs> the, the king who just died has all of these powers well i don't know is that not the case i don't know he must not if we don't know where they all are but this is one of the weird things about this story that i think just either hasn't been explained well enough yet Mm -hmm. or won't ever be and might just be some story to make the game play work yeah and i'm leaning more towards that you think so it's just we need you to do some things you can't just go straight to the end (laughs) boss I just, I just can't help, I can't help but speculate because it seems like such a core part of the story so far. Like that's mm-hmm. the, it does, that's how this uh, chapter is laid out, and and it seems like the next couple, or it's seeming like we're setting you up for a large part of the game. Yeah, to go out and seek these powers to get you ready. Right. It feels like, say, Mass Effect Two, where you're trying to build up a crew mm-hmm. of all these people, and that's actually what the bulk of the game is. Right, and. Is that, is that what it's going to be here? And we're just going to keep sure getting all these way. different kinds of weapons that we can use. But yeah, I wonder why maybe only the king is supposed to know this information and he's gone. So, But what's cool is that Kor does join the party for a little bit. Yeah, not for long. Uh, enough to get to the next dungeon-y area, which is the Kikatrich Trench. That's where we're heading. Kikatrich. In mine, he doesn't even stick with me that long. Kikatrich Trench. Kikatrich Trench. Kikatrich Trench. (laughs) Really? How long does he stay for? In the main game, basically, as soon as you walk out of that room, he's like, peace out, yo. And and you're just back to the four of you. And Oh, he's like, I'm going to hang out with you. Uh, I want to see how you fight. 
Yeah, he he doesn't really. That's interesting because it's def the game is definitely using the same voiceover. Mm-hmm. The, it's the same voice acting. Right. Uh so would they add more lines for the pocket edition to change the story slightly? That's weird. Well no, he he says that to me. Oh, okay. But he's just not there. Oh. And I I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he doesn't go in to the next tomb with you. No, right? no, that's when he left me. Is so going going to the trench, it's just it's just more fighting. It's just more fighting, Magitek, Imperial guys. But right outside the entrance, there's a giant robot type thing. I don't know if it's piloted or if it's, you know, whatever, AI, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a robot kind of mini boss. Right. And after I beat that thing, that's when Cord leaves. So that's the entrance to the dungeon area. There's you know, it's a new it's a new area, new types of enemies. There's a bunch of goblins. It's dark, dark, creepy corridors are all throughout this. There's tarantulas. I had to like turn on generators and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was just, you know, navigating this area and I th- I came across this giant spider, I assume is a boss. Arachne. It's like a giant spider, but like it's almost like a centaur where like the top the top half of a human woman is like attached to this giant spider body. Right. I was starting to get wrecked. That's when I was starting to feel like I need to not just keep mashing the screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. I need to start paying attention to what's going on with the fights. Yeah, that was kind of cool. cool. Yeah. There's cool character designs. Yeah, so it, it sounds pretty darn similar to what I did. And our reward is the uh, Tomb of the Conqueror, where we get the next royal arm, the Axe of the Conqueror. Yep, so just another big slow weapon <laughs> with some different abilities, sure. like different buffs, basically. Sure. Now, in my ascension points, where I'm applying my points all the time and upgrading my characters in terms of like their moves and adding combos and increasing overall health and stuff, it looks like each of these royal arms has a single upgrade that you can purchase with those points that kind of maxes out its ability, its power. Oh. Do you have anything like that? There's like screen upon screen of ascension point stuff. Yeah, you got... I remember when I would play the first chapter on the main version that, yeah, there's pages of, yeah. of upgrades and I've just got one big tree Oh, and they, and they're disconnected from the tree. You know, usually when you have a tree, you have to mm-hmm. unlock certain ones at the beginning before you can start reaching down to the branches. And these are just off to the side and they're locked until you get that arm, oh, that Royal okay. arm, and then upgrade becomes available, but it's expensive and it's a lot of points. Right. Maybe I should look cause I have pages of trees. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't want to upgrade yet because I don't know which one I like. I've only got a couple so far, mm. so I don't know if I want to spend those points. Right. After we get out of the tomb, we get a phone call from Core. The guy just won't leave us alone. He's always talking <laughs> to us. He comes, he goes, he joins my party, he leaves. I... Bails during the hard part. That's how he survives. Maybe he's afraid of spiders. <laughs> Core the eternal. He's afraid of spiders. Core the immortal, <laughs> not the eternal. Well, he's eternally driving me nuts. Anyway, he's like, yeah, there's a new Imperial base. I want you to go take that out. Like, I'm so like, I'm supposed to report to this guy now. Like, isn't he like working for me? I'm the king. Technically, everybody's working for you, right? That's right. But no, he wants me, the king, to go take out this base. And it's like some stealth sections here, right? Like, you can sneak around and mm-hmm. do some warp strikes. That was really cool because it wasn't a very difficult stealth section. No. But what was interesting about this section for me is at some point, okay, so they, they split you up, right? I don't know, maybe they didn't do that for you, but like during this attack on this base, they split you up and have knocked and I think core go together, or maybe mm-hmm. you can choose who who goes with you. And then the other people go separately. So I'm fighting along with, I think core mm-hmm. and all of a sudden 
all the voiceover, they're talking as they're fighting, switches to German. What? <laughs> Fortunately, it's still all subtitled, right? You can still see the dialogue coming out of like the little bubbles, word bubbles coming out of the characters. And I can tell what they're saying. But it switches over to German. And I thought I had like swiped something. So I go into the options and I check. And sure enough, it still says English. But I check it and it does have a German option. But I, I just keep it, I just switch it back to English like it already was. Mm-hmm. And I think it still stayed German for a little bit, but eventually it switched over to English. Almost like it just, the German was, oh, the sound files were overriding the English files at that point. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. German sounds really scary. So it sounds like this, this base section wasn't that long for you because it, it did no. seem sort of like an afterthought here and a weird way to end the chapter, I thought. But this woman comes, Loki. In this gigantic, even bigger robot, and it's got this big saw blade arm and stuff. Is it a woman? I thought it was, but maybe not. I wasn't. I mean, that's kind of the problem with these Japanese RPGs. Like, some like all the dudes have long hair. Yeah, and when you when you wrap a person up in armor, it can be yeah, a lot the, more difficult. Yeah. There's to a lot genders. of androgynous character designs. Yeah. And I, I have a few polygons to work with, so I'm not really sure what I'm <laughs> right. looking at. They've all got I'm trying alien to go, fish hands. I'm trying to go based on voice and general, like it looked, she, she looked like a woman, but I, I could be completely wrong on that. Either way, we killed that person. Well, we, we destroy this giant robot, which is cool, but I don't remember what happens to her. I don't think we kill her, it. Well, I the person. think we see the robot exploding and they didn't get out of it. She's, this person is yelling from, from, did she come in with a helicopter or something? And one of the big airships, yeah. Any, airship, yeah, that's right. And and she's talking to Core like they've had, they have some sort of previous experience or mm. that they've been fighting each other or maybe she used to work with them and now she's off on the Empire side or something. Maybe it's but a former girlfriend. Maybe it's a former girlfriend. Maybe it's the king. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not the king. <laughs> Chapter two ends with a cutscene. From our previous discussions for preparing for this episode, you mentioned that this is actually the introduction to chapter three, but it shows mm. as the end of chapter two for me. Yeah. And it turns out that this is going to be common. It for seems us. like it's happening for a lot of the yeah. chapters. We get cutscenes at the end of chapters for the mobile, the pocket edition, mm-hmm. and cutscenes to begin the, the next chapter in the console version. So we're just going to talk about them together. So if if you're playing along with us, we might spoil a cutscene from the beginning of the next chapter for you, but that's not really much. Let of me a ask you this though: if when you finished chapter two, was there like a "Hey, you should take a break and save the game and maybe quit the game," or does it just roll right into chapter three as if it's one continuous thing? It just so happens to just put up. Oh, by the way, this is chapter three. Point being, is it even really possible to finish chapter two and then not watch that cutscene? Like the next chance you have to save is going to be after the cutscene, right? You know, the next time I finish a chapter, I'll let you know for sure. Okay. Because maybe it's something just not to worry about. Yeah. Because for the pocket edition, it, there's a clear cut because right, each, of, you these, buy the next yeah, each of these episodes <laughs> you have to, you have to purchase. And so it's to be continued and then takes you back to a different menu mm. and prompts you, do you want to buy the next one? Okay. So yeah, there's, there's a, a clear cut division there. Anyway, this cut scene takes place in the throne room, the same throne room from the beginning, it appears the beginning of the game where we were talking with the king. And there's this creepy old guy sitting on the throne, and it says his name is like Eadolos or something. I I'm, I'm, can't wait for somebody in the game to pronounce his name mm-hmm. so I know what it is. 
There are four people in front of him. I'm assuming maybe generals or something and possibly future bosses. But they're all surrounded by minions, just other bad guys. They're bad. He's being informed that Noctis is actually still alive and that Luna ran off with the ring. And he suggests or maybe outright requests that somebody go kill her if that's what it takes to get this ring. But one of these special people, he's got a name, Versteel, one of the general type, I don't know who that is. One of those four generals says that they should probably just take her alive because she could be useful in the future. And then one of the other guys, Ravis, Ravis, Ravis says that he will search for the prince and the oracle, the oracle being Luna. Right. We thought suspicious dude, suspicious stranger guy who threw the coin at us last chapter Mm -hmm. was like the bad guy, but he seems like he doesn't show up in this room at all. I don't, I don't remember seeing him in this cutscene. So I don't know if he's actually not with this group at all. Is he not actually the bad guy? Uh, the, but these look like our bad guys. There's lots of bad guys. These are, this is the empire here. This doesn't rule him out. <laughs> no, <laughs> Just but, because he's not in this room. No, no, no. But I, I'm, I'm thinking that he's not connected with these people. Hmm. Th- these that are, could be. These, this is the empire who has taken over, right? Right. And I'm, and I don't know. I, I'm now, I'm now, I'm starting to doubt who our suspicious stranger actually is. But we do find out a little bit more about him in the next chapter. That was the end of chapter two. I got a to be continued, by the way. Of course. That brings us to chapter three. On the pocket edition, that's Living Legend. But for the main version, this is now the open world. So for you, you actually have an open world at this point because on the pocket edition, there, there's nothing open about this at all. This, this is just a series of hallways. <laughs> there's... The, the last chapter being called The Open World didn't really make much sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, been, it's been open for me f- really from the very beginning. I've been able to go off and do side quests all over the place. But, but when we hit the open world, that's when it gets way bigger, for sure. Anytime I'm in the car, it's, it's on rails. Mm. You know, I can't yeah. choose which roads to go down. I'm just, even though I'm in the driver's seat, I'm just a passenger of this vehicle and I can kind of nudge it left or right on the Mm -hmm. road, but that's it. I can stop the car at any moment. And I also, there, there are parking spots that I haven't figured out what they're for. Like if I can park anywhere, I can just pull off on the (laughs) side of the road anywhere. What is the point of the parking spots? Uh, Is there any other traffic on the road for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not much. It's pretty quiet. Mm. Speaking of cars, we start this chapter with a drive to Lestalem. It's a tropical town. It's got palm trees and it's powered by a meteor that crashed nearby like a long time ago. Like characters think it's the beginning of time kind of long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. It's not within recent memory. Nobody who's alive. Right. There's nothing like necessarily written down, it seems, about this event. But there's this cool meteor and actually on the drive to the city, you can kind of, you can kind of see it. I was able to, I'm still able to look around Mm -hmm. in my car that I'm a passenger in. I can still kind of look around and I could see it. So I'm going to stop you right there. Because that isn't exactly where mine starts. Mine starts with me basically just driving from that blockade that we fought and Mm -hmm. liberated or whatever. And takes me essentially straight to an outpost. Like another gas station, restaurant, all that sort of stuff. Okay. And at that point I'm told about a Chocobo racetrack nearby. Excuse me? A Chocobo racetrack. Okay. And... Did you find said Chocobo racetrack? Not during this play session, because mm. uh, there there is a quest for it, 
but the quest level was higher, I think, than what I was currently at. So I decided not to do it right away. Does it call it out as a side quest? Because if I can't yeah. ride any chocobos in this game, <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting. I'm done. Well, eventually, once once I complete that thing, there are chocobo rental things <laughs> all over the place. And you can just rent a chocobo. Okay. And ride around. Can you through... choose its color? I don't know. Because I haven't actually done it yet. Can you name it? I don't know. Probably not. But eventually I'm going to be able it? to rent chocobos. Can you hug it? So that when I don't have my car. Can you take a picture of it? Or when my car can't get to places, the chocobo can. Because they can fly and stuff too, right? You know, uh, this, is, this is another maybe sort of embarrassing admission here for me. I've never made it far enough in a Final Fantasy game to actually interact with a chocobo. Mm, I remember doing chocobo races in, in 7. Hmm. Riding around, use a nice transport faster. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And while I'm looking forward to it, Prompto is super looking forward <laughs> to it. Because basically from the start of Chapter 3, uh, whenever I'm running around and, and the, the other guys in the group are just randomly spouting out things quite frequently, Prompto starts singing about how all he wants to do is ride a chocobo. <laughs> I look forward to that. I hope I see it. In my version. So actually, I had this this outpost and stuff. There were some other side quests right there. There's a fishing hole nearby. So I went and did some fishing, did a side quest for the fisher guy, all sorts of stuff. I probably played for, I went on a monster hunt. I probably played for an hour and a half from the start of this before I got to Lestalem, <laughs> at least. Because it's open. So you just, right. you, so, but you could have, you could have driven straight there. To Lestalem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could have driven straight to the Chocobo track. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know what the right decision is there. So once we get to Lestalem, we head to the hotel to meet Gladio's sister, Iris. Mm -hmm. Not Iris. Iris, who had managed to escape from insomnia during the attack. I really like the sibling interaction between Gladio and Iris. She calls him up as soon as we get there. And... Calls him Gladdy over the phone, first mm -hmm. of all. So that's a nice nickname. <laughs> and uh, they're talking and she's like, I'm at the La I'm at the LaVille. It's a hotel. And he immediately just says, okay, thanks. Bye. And hangs up on her. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even wait for her to finish the sentence. Doesn't wait for a response like, oh, okay, I'll see you there. Bye. Just done. Click. <laughs> on the way to the hotel, there's an earthquake and Knox's head starts pounding and he starts seeing visions. This is our first vision, right? Yeah. It looks like the meteor, which, by the way, it's a meteorite because it's, it's already hit the Earth. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we wouldn't call it a meteorite because it's not actually hitting the Earth. It's being held up by, you know, our living legend Titan dude. Spoilers. Hey. Just kidding. Hey, this is a spoiler cast. <laughs> <laughs> meteorite. Meteor. You really think it's been holding it the whole time? Looks like the meteor and some creepy thing with a crystal or something stuck in its eye. And like its chest was kind of like crystals coming out of it. That's the vision? I thought it looked like a dragon with a creepy eye. Hey, I've got a f uh, fewer polygons to work with here. A lot fewer. It did not look like a dragon at all. We have a little cut scene at the hotel where we chat with Iris. She says the Citadel back in the city took a beating, but a lot of the outlying neighborhoods made made it through in one piece. So that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. She also says that she had heard that Luna was in town, but she's not there anymore. She had already left. So that's cool. Cause 
she's alive, but we, I mean, we've seen some cutscenes with her already, but now our character, Noct and his group, now knows that Luna should still be alive. Right. The next morning, Iris gives Noct a tour of the city, including the marketplace, power plant, and the outlook that's looking out over the meteor. She seems pretty, uh, I don't know, flirty. Super flirty. <laughs> trying to trying to get Noct to, you know, say things and... Did you get a bunch of dialogue options? Yeah, I got some this? prompts. Like, okay. do you want to do you want to encourage her or just kind of like like dismiss what she's saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you just whatever, I don't care, kind of thing. But yeah, there's all kinds of opportunities throughout this admittedly very small tour. I don't know how big the city is for you, but it's pretty small for me. <laughs> it didn't take very long to go on this tour. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, so how did you how did you answer then? Like, how did you try to interact with her? I wasn't. I seem to remember there being like three levels of choices and like with with the one extreme being just kind of blow her off and the other extreme being totally flirt back Mm. and i was more the middle because gladio's a big dude i don't want to get involved with the sister (laughs) plus plus i'm already about to get married to the oracle yeah like i'm not gonna try and string along this girl i only had two choices for all of them for all the dialogue choices and you know, I kept choosing the just kind of being friendly, like, yeah, that sounds cool. This seems like a cool place that you would like. But mm-hmm. then if she went any further, I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I think your brother would beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> but she she does know some bit about the city because she's telling us about how in, in this town, traditional social roles are reversed here. So mm-hmm. it's actually the women who are going to work at the power plant. And it's the men who stay home with the children, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. But this whole town would just would not work. It's actually a very prosperous town, right? It's because of all the energy that they're getting from from here. Right, there's a huge power plant yeah. there. That's all, where all the employees are females, apparently. Yeah, and in in one of the random comments from the, I don't remember which of the other three guys it was, but but he points out like how buff all the women are in this town. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, when I was walking around the city, Prompto talks about taking photos, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, I'm going to start getting photos now. There's nothing. Really? I didn't get a single, you know, picture or anything. That's weak, man. I get photos every time I camp or stay in a hotel or complete a mainline mission. Mm. Very disappointing. There's also a guy that if you walk by him in town, he he acts like this is really this whole place is kind of bad because like this place is so crowded. Like there's so many people on the street and I'm like, dude, you're the only person on the street right now. I cannot see anybody else. You, you have so much room available to you because there's, they're not putting all the characters. I assume that this must be a really busy place for you. It's way more crowded in my version. Yeah. And especially so in the market area where all of the the shops are, it's super crowded to the point where I don't even like going through there (laughs) because I have to like push my own people out of the way just to make just to make it through anyway after the tour there's this kid and his grandpa at the hotel i'm not really sure what the relationship is with our characters they're just kind of there but they seem to know each other Mm -hmm. but the the kid his name is talcott and he tells us about a sword i don't know if it's a legend or a rumor or what have you but there's a, a sword thought to be behind a nearby waterfall and we think hey this is probably if there's any truth to this it's probably a royal arm we should go check it out right and sure enough, we discover the entrance to an ice cave behind the waterfall. When you went to the waterfall, mm-hmm. were there any like gigantic creatures right 
before the waterfall? Like right outside the waterfall? No. Yeah. It was just walk from the car on his little path to the waterfall and walk behind it. Because I had to like kind of skirt around the edges because there was, I think it was a snake, like some huge snake that would have destroyed mm. me nope. if I would have tried to fight it. Nope. And the inside of the ice cave is, I don't know, it's got a weird layout, icy. but it's icy and then Prompto is always complaining about being cold and and to fight a bunch of enemies. But there was this boss at the end, it's called the Mind Flare, and he looks like an octopus man floating around <laughs> in a robe. And he really got me because I didn't die, but every time I seemingly killed him, he like just disappeared and another one came up. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, am I doing this wrong? Am I missing something here? Is this going to keep going on forever where I keep killing these things and I just keep coming back? But eventually he did, he did die. Yeah, I was fighting like three or four of them at the same time. Oh, I think at one point I may have had two simultaneously, but it seemed like the one came almost immediately mm. after I took off the health bar of the first one. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't have to fight too many at once. So I tried going straight to this mm-hmm. right after getting to Lestalem, basically. I'm like, all right, let's 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 get this main story going. It was a bad mistake. Bad, <laughs> bad, bad mistake. I, I was not to the level that I needed to be and died and died and died. I think I tried it three times. And died every time. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to go do a bunch of side quests and grind and level myself up. And then I went back and actually beat it that time. Do you remember what your levels were like? So each it was a quest, right? And it mm-hmm. tells you what the recommended level is. Yeah. Like, do you remember what that was and what your level was? I want to say it was supposed to be 19 or 20. And I was only like 16 or 17. Okay. That doesn't sound too bad. No, but... When I went back, I was 21 or 22, and and it was definitely easier. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, you know, it, it gets you to slow down and go find some other things to do. Right. And I had better weapons yep. and stuff like that. But if you only care about the story, then you should play the pocket edition, because you don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so after we beat that octopus dude, we get the Sword of the Wanderer. I think that we're up to three now. Three royal arms out of 13. We go back to the hotel... Nox has another what I'm calling a brain ache. <laughs> the guys finally seem to be getting concerned about this because before they didn't seem to care like at all. Oh, you had this weird vision? In mine, they were concerned. Yeah. Because mine, I'll just be wandering around and he'll be like, oh, my head. Mm. And they're like, I don't remember exactly what they said. I should remember because I've heard them say it a hundred <laughs> times now. But but they, they're concerned. No way. Like... At at this during this cutscene back at the hotel after we've done the ice cave, knocked it's like oh, he starts doing the oh, oh, oh and then Iris is like, Are you okay? And Gladio's like, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> the one back at the hotel was worse though. Because when I'm just wandering around and it happens, he doesn't have the visions or anything. He's just talking about his head hurting. Mm. Well, they're concerned enough to go start investigating this. And so for a start. They're going to go to the out just to the outlook and use one of the viewfinders, right? Mm-hmm. To go look at the meteor that's kind of off in the distance. But when they get there, they find suspicious stranger man. Coincidentally, is he following us around? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And he starts telling us a nursery rhyme. Would you like to sing this nursery rhyme? No, I, I would like you to sing it, though. <laughs> it's not really a singing. No, I'm not really much of a singer. From the deep, the Archean calls. Yet on deaf ears, the god's tongue falls. The king made to kneel in pain, he crawls. Everybody just seems to understand what this means. This must be re- relating to this 
Archean that's holding up the meteor. Mm-hmm. And and somehow everybody's okay with the fact that this thing is there, first of all. <laughs> like <they're, laughs> right. <laughs> like, wait, there's a there's a giant creature there holding up the meteor. Like they just know this. This is just part of their culture. That's totally fine. <laughs> and clearly it's trying to communicate with Noct. It's like when you share a bedroom with your brother when you're a little kid and you use masking tape down the middle of the <laughs> The <laughs> across the floor and you say Archeon you stay on your side of the room and I'm going to stay on my side of the room and everything's fine until he stands up and throws a meteor at your face so our suspicious stranger who finally tells us his name is Arden so now mm-hmm. I'm going to call him Arden from now on Artie <laughs> <laughs> Artie and, and Gladdy he says we should go visit the Archeon and, and hear his plea because clearly that's his that's that this is the what this nursery rhymes about. So it's he, kind of a weird idea, but that's why I feel like in this version things are just kind of they're just skipping. You know, it just feels like they're skipping a ton of dialogue or something because it's too, it's too crazy to me that this guy that really shouldn't be trusted at all tells us this crazy story and everyone's just like, yeah, duh, and <laughs> and then he's like, hey, I'll, t- I'll take you there. I'll take you there. Yeah, I, and I, no one's like, I, I know how to get there. I know how to get in. All right, well, this this should be okay. We'll just watch our backs. Right. And he's got a sweet car, so let's follow him. Before all of this, I did a whole bunch of side quests. Most of them aren't really worth talking about. I mean, it's a, it was a lot of really boring crap. Like, there was some produce dude at, at the market here in town who's like, hey, uh, a truck carrying a bunch of produce for us is, was lost. Can you go and rescue it and, and bring us back the supplies? And, of course, you find a truck, like, off the side of the road and surrounded by monsters. You kill the monsters. And you return. Uh, there's another one where it's another produce stand and they say, hey, we need some, I don't even remember what it was, onions or something from the farm. Can you run to the farm and get us these onions? <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm just the king, but yeah, I can totally go get your onions from the farm, I guess. And, you know, so you go to the farm and kill some beast and gather up the onions or broccoli or whatever the crap it is and take it back to him and get some cash there was a cooler one where the weapon shop there he sends you on some quest and those ones were a little bit more interesting a little more fun uh fighting some bigger things Mm. and and getting more money out of them Mm. because of it Uh, but that's that's pretty much it and then but like everywhere i went it's like here's another outpost here's 47 things that you can do from this outpost here's another outpost at this point in the game I I have to have over a dozen outposts available to me. That's crazy. And all of them have no side quests. things that you can do. The only side quest I had was uh, Talcott wanted me to go look for cactuars. I uh, see. I didn't have that one. Which are just like the little cactus guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're stuffed animals. I don't think you can have a stuffed animal cactus. I feel like that would hurt. Probably. They have pokey things on it. Yeah. But it, maybe, they're uh, maybe, they're just, maybe they're just statues. But there was five of them around the city. And you just go walk up to him, tap him, and just collect five. And that was it. That was the extent of my side quests. That's some pretty amazing side questing. Totally worth the dollar I paid for this episode. <laughs> Third chapter. <laughs> so yeah, Arden takes us to this gate, which is, I, I don't know, I guess not everybody can just go up to the meteor and say hi to the Archean. So, well, and in mine, even Arden couldn't, you, you can't make that quest in a single day, Joe. We had to stop at a gas station. <laughs> we had to stop at an outpost. <laughs> And it's basically like, here's another shop. You might want to gather up some supplies because, you know, 
Maybe yeah, you never know what's coming up. Maybe you, you didn't do that before we left. Let's stall them. So gather up your potions and then let's go. Or go and do a million other side quests and then let's go. On the way to the gate, my characters in the car are talking quite a bit. And here's just a few things that they say. They say that the Archean caught the meteor when it fell and he's still holding it today. And that like his whole situation, because he's like, so he's still alive. <laughs> this creature that's been doing this forever, basically, mm-hmm. is still alive and is still, I don't know, suffering or is holding this thing up. But apparently there's like a religion based around this. People worship, I don't know about him or it, they talk about how this forms the tenets of, of worship for some of the locals of Disguise. And that was the first time I had heard this guy mentioned in this game, but there's, mm. there's like, a, I don't know, other games or, or other things to talk about this guy. And it seems like it's, it's like a region in the area. Yeah. I think it's a town. I can't remember if it's a town or a region, but eventually we'll get there. I've seen it on the map. So I guess that makes sense why everybody knows about this, right? This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. If there's a whole religion formed around it. And that makes me wonder, are there other of these giant creatures around the world? Or is this just mm. the one and only... I mean, this is like a one-of-a-kind thing in the world. Right. Good question. Don't know. Lots of questions, not many answers. At this point, I get past the gate. He he, tell, he just yells at the gate and says, hey, it's me, you know, open up. And that's all it takes to open up this gate. And we go through and, and make it to the, you know, the actual meteor area. And it's just it's just big rocky area. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, like a ravine. Like, you know, it's a crater, basically. Like, like a rock quarry. Yeah. But didn't you say that this is like when Chapter 4 starts for you? is during the drive to the gate i think it's when i go inside the gate i think is when it was that triggers chapter four for you yeah so that and and so that's now that's where we're synced up because my so chapter three on the on the pocket edition is living legend and chapter four on the main version is living legend so now Mm. our chapters are synced back up right this was all part of one chapter for me Mm -hmm. hallways corridors that's what this game is as soon as I get introduced into this crater area, there's a single pathway that leads straight to a royal arm just sitting out there in the open. Same was true for me. Are you kidding me? Like, that is so weird. <laughs> well, no one's... Well, the weird thing is how Arden is able to get in and who opens the gate and all that stuff. Because I would think that most people wouldn't want to go anywhere near this thing. There's a giant rock monster inside who's capable of catching... A meteor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's probably busy. Don't he's preoccupied with this meteor thing. Uh, he's not going to be preoccupied like this is like a in zoo. a few minutes. We should be able to go and just like <laughs> say, hi, how's it going? You know, and just tap on the glass. Hey, Archeon. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, but you're, I mean, it sounds like it's a complaint that it's just tunnels and stuff and, you know, basically corridors for you to traverse. But in this area, it's the same thing for me. Okay. And, in, and in some of my side quests, it's the same. The tombs are the same way. Well, well, I, I, I mean, guess the tombs do have branching paths and it's stuff. It's just out in the open, like, it's not in a building or anything. It's out exposed to the elements, to the weather, to everything, and mm-hmm. it's just sitting there, and it was, like, 100 feet away from the entrance. It just felt it just felt weird. It but did feel weird. We get the next, we, the next royal arm, and it's called the Blade of the Mystic. So now we have four. But right after getting it, there's a huge earthquake. That's big enough to split the party into two. So Noct and Gladio are together, and Ignis and Prompto are up higher. Like we, like we, Noctis fell down a lot farther mm-hmm. down the crater, and so we just spend a lot of time, you know, us and Gladio just walking around this really hot place, 
and just trying to make our way down to the Archean. At some point, we actually see him rise up mm-hmm. out of the ground, and he's huge, obviously. But the game calls him Titan, and I don't know if that's his name or if he is a Titan, but it seems like his name is Titan. He's the Archean, and his name is Titan. He's Titan the Archean. Or is he Archean the Titan? I don't know. <laughs> Probably doesn't matter. <laughs> but if 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 the uh, Archean here, Mr. Titan, is trying to communicate with Noct, he's like trying to call him, call Noct to him, but then he immediately starts trying to step on him and mm-hmm. punch him. And what is he trying to do here? I, d- I don't really understand how this whole thing works out. Imperial troops come. They must know that we're here. I'm not sure why they're here. Even if they know that we're here, why are they here? Well, they're trying to kill Noct. If they're trying to take over the kingdom, it makes a lot of sense to take out the crown prince. Okay, okay, okay. We'll revisit this in just a little bit, okay? There is a boss fight with Titan. Mm -hmm. Doesn't last too long. Apparently Noct is pretty strong. I can't imagine... Yeah, holding off that foot with your sword. (laughs) And then does he destroy his arm? I think he destroys his arm. I ask this because this is another glitch in the pocket edition (laughs) where... At some point, we do so much damage to him, to the Titan, that he fall, he like falls over onto the cliffside, mm-hmm. and then and then it just everything just kind of stops. Not frozen. I feel like there's still sort of just idle animation and stuff, but he's just there. And all of a sudden, there's sound effects as if he's getting back up, and and then somebody's saying, "Oh no, he's winding up," but he's just he's just sitting there, just laying there, not doing anything. And all of a sudden, it flashes, and he's up higher. And there's an explosion or something, and I didn't, and I couldn't see what happened because the game was glitched. Oh, that's not that different from mine. I mean, he would fall down a couple of times, and then you'd wail away on his hand, and then it kind of ends with you destroying one of his hands. Oh, okay. So that is what happened. Yeah, and then it seemed like he exploded, or so, I couldn't what? really tell what happened. Like, oh, you he, can't tell either. He's covered in orange light and stuff, and then the screen flashes, and then Artie shows up. Yeah, so then we get some Imperial dropships come in, and Arden, Artie, oh my God. <laughs> Arden comes in, so we get, our, we, get our, we get the full realization that actually, yeah, this guy must be connected to the Empire in some way, and he is because he tells us he is uh, Arden Azunia. Chancellor Arden Azunia. Yeah. Imperial Chancellor. Imperial Chancellor. So he's totally hooked up with the Empire. Yeah, he's with totally the a bad guy. Yeah, he's totally, well, of course he's a bad guy. He's suspicious. And uh, the, the whole place is starting to really react probably to the death or destruction or injury of, of Titan. And like lava is starting to come out of the ground and mm-hmm. the earth is shaking. And, and uh, he offers us a ride to safety, which we take because there really is no alternative except for death. To be continued. That that was the end of the um, ch- uh, chapter for me. Yep. End of the chapter for me too. Okay. So that's that. So questions, predictions. What's going on here? Well, did you get a cutscene at the end of the battle that showed Luna talking with the Archean? Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. There is. It's almost like he's giving Noct a vision of mm-hmm. something that's happened before. Right. And yeah, and apparently it was Luna there talking to him. Yeah, no idea when it was. Mm-mm. Not really sure how they were communicating. So she's been there before. But she's and, been and there before. And maybe recently, because they just they they said that she was in town. So it could have been super recently. It could have. So yeah, my questions are, besides the obvious, 
basic questions like, why is there this giant creature in this world? Where did it come from? How old is it? Has it really been here for thousands, millions of years, potentially, holding this meteor up? Why doesn't he just let it go? (laughs) I think that's the biggest question. (laughs) Set it down, dude. Give yourself a break. Yeah. It feels like Atlas, where he's like carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders or something. And he just, I don't know, he just needs to put it down. But also, more specific to our story here, though, is why is he reaching out to Noct? Why is he trying to communicate with Noct? What does he want out of this? Why Noct in particular? Is it because he's just the king? Is there something special about Noct? Is there some sort of, I don't know, history with Noct and his family and this guy? Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like there is some sort of, there's there's definitely something special about Noct and his lineage, or otherwise we wouldn't be going after all of these royal arms and doing weird soul merges with weapons and all this weird crap. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand what Noct learned by doing this. I don't think we've learned anything. It doesn't seem like we've learned anything. It's like we came to have a little conversation, sit down over a cup of coffee and talk out our problems, but we ended up just fighting each other and broke his arm. Yeah. What if, so I don't know what we uh, were hoping to accomplish. Are, are the visions going to get worse or do they go away now? Oh, the other thing is that at the end, it says that Titan has granted you his power. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after it said something like you received the mark of the Titan or something like that. And so maybe that means he is dead. And if that's the case, what's holding up the meteor? I don't know. but Probably the ground. Probably the ground. But does that mean we get new powers now? How is that going to change things? Yeah, I got an item and it's just like, like many of the other item categories where it's just bracelets and headbands and all this other type of stuff that you can wear that grants you, you know, magic buffs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I don't remember what this one gives you. I didn't even get a chance to see it because it's just all cutscene at this point. Right. Well, I have played a little bit more, so mm-hmm. I could have looked, but I don't know what it is yet. I, so the next time I play, I'll go and look. But So will I. But I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's just another en- enhancement enchantment thingy. Okay. But so what is what is going on here? I don't understand yeah, what's I, going on I still, here. Uh, how many? However, how many hours we're in right now? Mm-hmm. Like four for me, probably. And like eleven and a eleven or twelve for me. Yeah, I still, I still don't feel like we know what's like what's going on. Okay, we know that we know that there's bad guys wanting power. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. And and in terms of like actual information that we've received from the game. We we don't really know where the bad guys are from. We don't really know why they're attacking us. We don't know what the force field was over the city. We don't know what's so special about our lineage. We don't really know much at all about Luna and the oracles and stuff. Yeah. And we don't really know a whole lot about this Archeon guy either. And when when the nursery rhyme is that from from the deep the Archean calls, yet on deaf ears the god's tongue falls. Like that's that's telling us that he's got a message for us. Mm-hmm. We we came here to get a message. Mm-hmm. And was the message just that, yo dog, I talked to your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not much of a message. Right, because we're gonna try to find Luna anyway. Right. So she could have filled us she in at that told time. Me. Yeah. The king made to kneel in pain. He crawls. I feel like there's I feel like there's gonna be some ancient relationship between these creatures and the king, the king lineage, mm-hmm. and maybe the reason that the king has power, like maybe these 
Titan guys gave them power and there's some sort of relationship there, like, I don't know, some kind of deal. And in exchange for having all this power, like the king has to deal with whatever this is, made to kneel in pain. Unless he's made to kneel because he hasn't been listening. The king's trying to talk to the king. Yeah, but this is like an old nursery rhyme. It's not specific to Noct or anything. No, but if, I mean, there's, there's lots of earthly religions where you see stories of the god or gods trying to get the people of earth to listen and do what they're supposed to do and then they don't and then bad things happen to them that is that is simple enough if i'm still doubting the uh empire's motivation here with noct because if they're trying to kill noct why is our imperial chancellor helping them get down into the meteor only to have then troops come and attack while noct is dealing with titan and then when they're going to die. The group is going to die there if left alone. Imperial Chancellor comes and saves them. Mm-hmm. So it can't be as simple as they don't want them to be there anymore, to be alive anymore. Well, it could be if Arden isn't, if he's got his own interest in mind. Mm. So he could be a splinter. He could be a double agent. Double eight. Oh my God. Double agent Artie. <laughs> <laughs> the blow art. Okay. I could. Okay. That's interesting. It seems like he came in the same type of ship at the same time as all the other troops did. Well, not at the same time because the other troops came while we were fighting mm-hmm. and Artie doesn't show up and <laughs> until we've finished off the Archeon. Yeah, but it's not that far behind. I guess. I don't know. But the point is, is that we're now three, four chapters into this and I don't really have a good feel for where we're, where we're going with the story. And I feel like there's so much lore that we're missing out on that, it, like, and I don't know if it's because it's pocket edition, because I feel like by now in an RPG, nope. <laughs> I have explored people's houses, I've opened up their chests, I've gone through all their stuff, I've read books, I've heard extensive uh, stories from from NPCs to to give me all the lore about this world, because Final Fantasy doesn't take place on Earth, it always takes place on a different type of world, mm-hmm. Earth-like, but it's always got its own mythology. And I feel like I haven't gotten enough of that right now. I agree. I wonder if we should have watched that Kingslav or whatever it's called movie that they released at about the same time that the game came out. But even that, I was kind of confused as like, if I watch this, is it going to spoil something in the game? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm not going to risk it. Right. Not at this point. And I shouldn't have to play through a 25, 30 hour game. And still have to go watch a movie or something to understand what the point was, what what even happened. Mm-hmm. So here's to hoping we get some more information soon. Yeah. It's hard to make any predictions at this point. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like it could still just go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then I wouldn't be surprised, you know? Yeah. It feels like we're still very, very early. I don't feel like I'm being game. led on to like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. Now we're going to twist. There's a twist ending or something. I don't, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? You want to talk about with these two chapters before we wrap this up? No, I think this is a good place to call it an episode. Okay, so next time, again, we're following the pocket edition because the uh, chapters are clearly marked. It's episodic. You have to pay for each episode. And they also seem to be consistent in length. Each one's about an hour, hour and a half. So next episode, we're going to talk about chapters four and five of the pocket edition. Chapter four is Dark Clouds, and chapter five is Seaworthy. I don't know what the main version chapters are because 
I don't want to look too far ahead to see where they line up because I don't want to ruin things in terms of story. So we'll figure it out. It's probably the next two, three, maybe four chapters of the of the main version. Mm-hmm. That concludes this episode's discussion of Final Fantasy XV. Thanks for listening. As usual, we want to know what you think of this game so far, and we want to know how it is you're playing, whether you're playing what we keep calling the main version on a console or a PC, or if you're playing the Pocket Edition, you can send us all of your thoughts and feedback by leaving a comment on the website over at thedigitalmediazone.com. If you're more a fan of Facebook, you can find us there at facebook.com slash vgstoryplayers, or send us a message on Twitter at vgstoryplayers. If you like what you've heard, please make sure you're subscribed. You can find this podcast pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. And if you really like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review so that other people can find out what we're doing and join in the community of all of this. This has been another episode of Story Players. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeStazio. Adios. See ya.